Welcome everybody to the second episode of For Your Consideration Film Review. I'm your host, Mr. Chris Gagne. Joining me as always is Mr. Bernardo Russo. Yes, he can say his own name. I don't need to say it. I'll just let him say. What's up, buddy? How you been? What's up, man? How's it going? Yeah. It's going. Uh, Quarantine life. So. Gotta love it. I was just saying, yeah, you know, having a beer and after... You know, to wash down my six pieces of pizza. That's ultimate quarantine Friday right now. Six? That's good. I could get like I could get three down, maybe four after like thirty minutes. Now I go I go like three and three or like a four two. You know, just like I washed the you know it's dessert with pizza, more pizza. That's all it is. Like I can put down pizza. That's the food. All right, that's mine. Maybe I shouldn't do it. So yeah, um, yeah. So we uh, we picked another classic. We actually went a little further back in in time, almost twenty five years to uh, dig this bad boy out. But uh, we decided on the OG Mission Impossible, uh, Mr. Tom Cruise in nineteen ninety six with uh, Brian De Palmer. De Palma. De Palmer? Because uh, so, I thought De, it was De Palma. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was a little slip. Well, slip. My my apologies to our good friend, Mr. De Palma, um, <laughs> Is he director. Still alive? I think so. I think okay. so. I looked him up because I had to, you know, remind myself. Like I know he did the Untouchables. I know he did Scarface. Um, he also directed our favorite Mission to Mars. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. yeah, and he is, okay. he is, I got a lot to say about him, but anyhow, uh, the, the first installment in what, you know, ends up being a 25 year long run and more, um, cause they're absolutely making another one. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into some Mission Impossible from 1996. God, man, I felt old. Tom Cruise actually looked young. He looked good. Uh, yeah, 96. Uh, let's go back in time. 1996. I was 16 years old. And I remember watching this movie in the theater oh. at Pleasant Hill at the Dome. Oh, good the times. Dome. Good times. It was me and my clique at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't know, it was like two guys and and myself and like, three girls and we were just was a click and I think I think maybe I drove or somebody drove I was 16 so I guess I could drive I don't know uh and and yeah 1996 it was that long it's been since it's that long since it started I mean sadly the dome's not even around anymore so that's even you know greater you know history right there that was one of the best theaters uh to see a film at uh just yeah I miss that it's a dick sporting goods now Sad days. So if, if you guys don't know, the dome used to be this massive theater with a huge dome. It was almost like like an IMAX type theater in a way. And you could fit so many people in that. And that was like the spot to go. And it, that was their biggest screen. And they had like four other screens. Yeah. And that was the dome theater in Pleasant Hill, California. Shout outs to Contra Costa. All right. Based on a classic uh, television series from the 60s, uh, I never really saw the episodes. I think I've seen clips here and there, but never watched the TV show. Did you ever see the TV show? No, I never watched the TV show. I remember the, all I remember was the intro, which was yeah. kind of like the the spark, the dynamite spark, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I, I don't recall watching anything and maybe watched a clip like yourself, but I was, I was never into it. I remember the theme song. Sure. But I, I was never, never into the TV show. 
Yeah, and just the, the iconic line, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept it? Like, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, 60s, I, I wasn't kind of really going back and watching many TV shows in the 60s when, you know, the 90s were hitting and, you know, doing some deep dive into what was Mission Impossible, but. Okay. Was it the 60s? Yeah, the TV show, it was. Wow, those were good times back in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, you're the elder statesman of this group, so you probably remember. I am not that old. I am <laughs> My young, yeah, you got me. You got me by a year, so we'll call you the elder statesman of the show. Whatever. Anyways, let's keep going. 1996. Uh, so you saw it in the uh, on video. At home, on video on VHS, VHS. indeed. Yeah, <laughs> cassette tape. Yes. Okay. Ugh. At home, probably on a 30-inch screen, 32 if we were lucky. You know. That's pretty Real. big back then. That's decent size. Yeah, yeah, it's decent size to play my you know Super Nintendo on. Um, oh, good stuff. Yeah, and I remember, man, I, I remember being phenomenal. Just, you know, one of those movies that made for the theater. I wish I would have seen it in theaters, but loved rewatching it because a lot of iconic action. Grew up on Tom Cruise. He's only like 10 years removed from like Top Gun at this point. Like, dude, just like riding high, build, right. you know, building yeah. his resume. And he's charismatic. What are you going to say? Like, you, you almost don't make this movie if it's not Tom Cruise, or at least you don't get... 25 sequels, you know, wherever they're at now, because seven. Tom, sure, seven, eight, I don't know. It's in my past, Fast and Furious. So I'm, I'm now waiting and to see one, which one. Each one keeps getting better, with the exception of number two. We, yeah, number two was exactly that. Um, How about that? No, God, no, no. But let's talk about this one, because I don't know how many people truly remember a lot about this, and that's why I wanted to cover it, because I have these, like, very vivid memories of seeing it for the first time and really thinking it was just so cool. Like one okay. of the cooler movies that I saw. Uh, but <laughs> the film starts and the first thing I for you know, I didn't forget, but you don't think about it a lot because you think Tom Cruise, Mr. Possible was Mr. Emilio Young Guns Estevez uh, on the IMF team. And I had to give a, a shout of uh, Emilio when I saw him on screen because why wouldn't you yell Emilio? It was, it was fun to see Emilio on there. And he goes uncredited when the credits start rolling. So Interesting. I don't think I caught that he wasn't in the credits. I'm pretty sure he's not in the credits. You know what I, I did catch in the credits? What? Score by Danny Elfman. I, it's in my notes. Oh, see? It's in my notes, Danny Elfman. <laughs> it's in my notes. Yeah. I could hear a little bit of... of, of Michael Keaton's Batman in there in the score with mm -hmm. a little bit of, of the, the Beetlejuice strings in there. So you could tell, yeah, Danny Elfman. Yep. Yeah. I was, uh, I was surprised I actually forgot. I or at that time really didn't know. And so, you know, going back and now revisiting these things, you're, you're catching all these little things where somebody, you know, was a, a writer on something, you know, and now they're this huge producer or director, you know, right. but they wrote, part of the script treatment for some film like this, but Danny Elfman, good times. The score's great. I, I enjoyed it. It's fun. It keeps, the movie's short. I forgot how short it is compared to the ones now. Like it's about a half hour shorter than what they're running now. And an hour and 50 minutes is like, it's perfect for that. Like it's just scene after scene after scene, the story moves along. It doesn't allow you to really kind of rest on anything other than like the focus on him getting to find out what happens to you know, his team and 
how they all right. go down. And that's probably why Emilio wasn't even in the credits because he's not in the film for more than five yeah, minutes. Spoilers. No. Yeah. Um, you know, truth be told, when I first saw it, I was still confused by it. And the more I watched it, the more I got it. I Watching it this last time, I actually got, figured out the whole movie. I understood the whole movie um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm older and I'm smarter now. Yes. And, and it was, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I got a little tired at the end, but right when the big finale chasing, which we'll talk about later, it just perked me back up. And I was like, yeah. let's do this, Tommy. We're in. I noted some things because I, I realized that as much as I agree with that, it's very dated. It feels so dated now. Like it, <clears throat> some movies you go back and watch, like if you were to even see something like Jurassic Park or um, give me some other 96 movies, The Rock, like there is some real overt, like just old school. And I don't know if that was trying to pay homage to like the TV show, but some of the style of it was just really like, wow, this is, I mean, seeing floppy disks, obviously like that's, right, that's yeah. one thing you're like, what it's is on that? my notes. It's the floppy same disc. button. That's the floppy. same button. Yeah. Floppy disk is on my notes. Uh, um, and then the yeah. emails, the way they wrote their emails. Right. I'm like, wait, that's not how an email is written with this <laughs> big old box. And it's it's just an email, right? His search bar is like, J-O-B. Like, if you yeah. were to return a search for that right now, like on Google, like, yeah. it's just... And he's, tr he's trying to jam the signal at the end. And in order to jam the signal, he writes jam signal on the computer and it jams the signal. So, uh... There, I, oh, so the, the, the room, which we, we could get to that because that's actually a big scene and it's an iconic scene. And I think that people, like, emulated it a lot after this movie. But there was a sign in that room that said there's a big ass box that says countermeasures on off and it's just a light box that goes on to off one why is that necessary in that room why do you need to know that they're on when you're in the room is there a camera on it that shows you that why isn't there a sensor outside of that room like it's just like some little things that really like wow like he's smoking on a plane in the beginning of the movie like that's right that, yeah I that, that seemed odd to me because that smoke by that time smoking was banned on flights like I mean, so, well i know that on some uh, a while ago on some asian airlines you could smoke now okay I, I could be wrong and maybe someone's gonna correct me but i i i was under the assumption that there were some uh asian airlines that you could smoke on i mean you're forgiving this the script writer but he shouldn't have been smoking but Right, Back when yeah. Hollywood could actually allow smoking, they don't. I don't. I mean, hardly ever now do you see people just casually smoking because why not? Like it's. It was. I was surprised to see that, and also surprised because it was like it was already banned on flights. But maybe mm -hmm. they weren't flying to Asia though. So <laughs> stop it. Okay. I mean, but the way that, like you said, the way that it was filmed, um, I noticed that, and I, I think the director was kind of like you, you noticed a lot of the the close up shots. And the the angled shots, totally right, and it was very like espionage because that's what it's supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not familiar with those type of films, it might I don't know, kind of be a turnoff. But I appreciated the the close-ups, the angles, and and just kind of like the whoa, what's going on, right? So yeah, absolutely. It it there's a vision to it, and you can tell, and it it fits with the frenetic pace of the movie and and you know how it's a puzzle and you're yeah like it's i think shot very well and 
that part holds up. But yeah, it's just the old stuff. You're like, uh, yeah. all right. Yeah, the, the floppy disk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the floppy disk. Yeah. The computers themselves, yeah, are yeah. just like, the big, old, they... the big old monitors, right? With, that stuck out. Yeah, that was, that was good stuff. Yeah, the the, uh, the sound sensors, the, the bars, you know, giant like meters, very like overt, like in your face technology, and not like, I mean, now I mean, the stuff right. that they can do is just it's. it's but insane. at the time, that was that was it, right? We bought that because we're like, whoa, look at all that stuff. Oh, yeah. six, right? So, yeah. what? How old were we when the internet came out? Eighteen. Yeah, or, seventeen. Or when it really blew 16, up. 17, Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, losing a, a signal, you know, in a, a tunnel, like, would have, wouldn't have had a signal. Like, I mean, the fact that yeah. she's got, like, internet connection, you know, while she's on a train, you, you know, they didn't have that back then. So that was, I guess, you know, pretty, like, high tech. Max, <laughs> Max. All right, where'd your, where'd your notes go next? I remember when I first watched it, the first part that really confused the hell out of me was when he met Kittrich, the IMF director, after his whole team was supposedly killed, right? Uh -huh. When he met him in that restaurant, in that aquarium type restaurant. And I just remember, what the hell is going on, right? Like, this is supposed to be the director, maybe I couldn't hear him well. And it turns out that, that supposedly there was a mole and they're on that team or in their team or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why the second team, which included the, the, the drunk Russians and the person on the stairs, right? they were there to monitor them because somebody and somebody wanted the, the, the knockless from that team. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's what always threw me off was like, I, I don't get it. And I finally kind of understood what was going on. Um, yeah. I mean, call out to how shitty that second team was. Did they not even see homeboy doing what he does? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How was yeah. he walking around without the second team, anyone being on him to see him creating all this chaos? I thought that was kind of funny. I, I noted that the first disguise that, or second disguise, I don't know, there's just too many disguises in this movie. Whatever he wears to the party that Tom Cruise does, he looks yeah. like Ross Perot. Did you notice that? Oh my gosh, that is creepy. I always thought he would look like he looked like Ross Perot. Yeah, and he does like a, t a southern accent. I swear, I'm like, I was like, is that supposed to be Ross Perot? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like because that was kind of around the time that he ran for president as an independent. So I was okay. like, okay, maybe that is supposed to be Ross Perot, but I thought that was funny. And then I thought, I, I noted that. It, it's not very common, but it, that was savage to start a movie with his entire team getting taken out. Like, right. savage. Like, you don't get a lot of time to, like, develop feelings for those people, but you're, you yeah. think and you feel for him the way it's done where it just absolutely goes into chaos and he loses all of his team. Yeah. And then he's kind of drawn to, you know, the the restaurant and, you know, he's just, like, freaking out. And, um, yeah, I thought that was just really well done how, how that was set up. Yeah, I mean, you felt when this whole team got taken out. Uh, I I hated the fact that Emilio Jack was his name got taken out. I hated mm -hmm. that. I, I wanted more of him in the movie. Jack had to die because no, no, yeah, no, you can. There's only room for one computer guy. And hello, uh, we get Marcellus Wallace, and Luther is the man, the only man who has been in every other Mission Impossible film with Tom Cruise. That's, That's so amazing. True. That's, That's legit. Like, he's, 
Yeah. Luther is the fucking man. And he like has the best scene in the newest movie. And I absolutely love that character. And that's why Jack had to die. Because they were like, Emilio. Wait. Like, <laughs> no, but we need Luther. I mean, I get Luther's great. I'm not going to die. I love Luther, right? And he's, he's great. But I, we can't use more Emilio nowadays, you know? I mean, dude was hardly working at that point. They threw him a bone. <laughs> when did Simon Pegg come on? Was it the second one, Benji? Third one. The third one. When Mr. J.J. Abrams stepped in to fix what John Woo messed up. And man, the third one is, we can get to that later, but I love the third one. So good. I did too. That's my favorite one. So, so good. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, yeah, yeah. just fantastic. Um, what was I going to say now? Where were you uh, going next? Uh, I was ready it, to go into the, into the, the, the scene where they were going to go and, uh, and steal the Knoxlix, not okay, the okay, Knoxlix yeah. from uh, Langley, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. The, the computer room scene. The computer rooms, right? So they get, they hire these two disavowed agents, right? Luther and the professional guy. The professional. <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah. The professional. Jean, he's French. Jean Renault. Yeah. And that seems classic. Um, it didn't, I wasn't in suspense like I normally am, probably because I've watched it several times. Right. But it's, it's still a, it's still a really good scene. Mm-hmm. It's a really good scene. Um, it's kind of an iconic scene now if you think about it because oh, yeah. so many people parody it now and coming down in the string on wires and you're black and you're wearing black and just, I don't know. Including um, a great MTV Music Award or movie award where Ben Stiller plays Tom Cruise's stuntman. I remember he that. Redoes that epi- he redoes that scene. Oh, so yeah, good. I remember that. Yeah, so that's, I think that's the next big iconic scene in that movie. It was done really well. Um, the whole... You know, I was guarded by lasers upstairs and any drop in uh, uh, temperature, uh, the locks and everything. So, yeah, it was cool. It, it was it was fun. You know, that scene's never going to be replicated again, and it stands alone by itself. Those are really good scenes, I thought. Yeah, and it's the start of uh, Tom Cruise on a wire. I mean, which is pretty much every Mission Impossible movie in some way, shape, or form. It's like, it's, it's required in the script. You have to write that he's suspended from something and then he has to run a lot. Like it's a lot now, but it was even a lot in this movie. I'm like when the beginning, when he's running over the bridge and running back and running down the hall, and like, he's, he just runs. He just likes to yeah. run in movies. I, I read an article and I, I man, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I read an article saying that he, it's in his contract that nobody in movies can run with him except in, a movie that I've never seen, supposedly, the female lead in that movie runs with him, and that is the only time that somebody has ran with him. What movie? Not, the Mummy. Oh, good thing you didn't see it. It's awful. Yeah, I didn't see it. It's so, bad. It's really bad. So, so I don't. I get. I don't know. I've seen a lot of. I've seen mm. almost all his movies, um, and I just remember him running by himself. I can't remember somebody else running with him. You can you can only play with the boy. You can't run with the boy. You can't. You can play with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's playing with the boys, not running with the boys. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing with the boys. Nobody that. knows what that is. Then you're not a Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> we can't help you. Yeah. I'm not gonna help you guys out. You're not a Tom Cruise fan. 
So yeah, so again, somebody proved me wrong. I, I, I could be wrong, but somebody proved me wrong. Find somebody where, another movie where Tom Cruise is running with somebody else besides the mummy. There, challenge. I smell a, a spinoff show coming where we find celebrity contracts and just talk about the weird things that are in them. Like, mm-hmm. nobody can run with me. I always have to have a leading lady with dark hair and light eyes, and she has to be shorter than me. Can we talk about how awkward that was, the, the Ethan Hunt, Claire, you know, Phelps relationship? Like, this is your, your mentor's wife, okay. and, like, you're very, like, especially, like, right after he dies, like, it's just very, like, um, awkward. I don't know. Like, he grabs her a couple times where I'm like, that's yeah. weird. When he when she first comes into the room, right when he breaks the glass because somebody you know he's, he's trying <laughs> to figure out, she comes into the room and he throws her on the bed. Like, why did you? Or he's like accusing her of something, and you can feel that there's some kind of like tension. Like, yeah, uh, right. Um, and so that kind of gets to my next point. Unless you have another comment about the uh, amazing trapeze act by Miss Ruth Cruz. No, I was just going to say that coffee in Kiev uh, moment. I think she made him coffee in bed in Kiev and Phelps didn't know about it because their relationship made me uncomfortable. And I was like, um, okay. Yeah, it's John Voight. So. <laughs> uh, noted. Yeah. All right. What, did, what were you going to say? Um, okay. So did Claire and Ethan, did they sleep together? I think it's implied. So do you think they did? Yes. I do too. I think so. I have to, but you notice when, I mean, even though they didn't show it, do you know when he did it? Do you remember, do you remember the scene that made you think he did it? Cause I do. The so scene where he's on top of her, like <laughs> this, like holding her down on the bed. No, I was like, no, I remember the scene that I think it happened right after was when she was in the corner. It was right after Tom yes. Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise uh, or Mr. Phelps shows up and to Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and, and Tom or Ethan and Tom's like, "Well, you're alive and all that stuff," and he starts figuring it all out, which yeah. was a really weird scene, by the way, because as a viewer, you're watching Ethan see Jim Phelps come back to life, mm-hmm. but Ethan is figuring out that, wait a minute, this guy's a liar. He's, he's, he's plotting all these things. But at the same time, you're not exactly sure if that's true or not. Well, and Jim's telling it from the perspective of somebody else doing that to him. Okay, and all the while, the right. Director. All the while, Ethan is seeing it in his head as being Jim. And so you're, you've got these contrasting stories yeah. being told at the same time, which actually I thought was cool because you're seeing this visual, but you're hearing this audio that don't match up. And so you're like, yeah. That, I found that confusing, but I, I found mean, it, it works. Yeah, I, I definitely, it, it can be confusing for that first watch because yeah, you're like, wait, is he lying? Is he telling the truth? And they're trying yeah. to do that, but right. I think you know by that point, you're like, wait a second. Like, especially now when you watch it again and you notice that video <laughs> and you just see that. I'm like, this. like, I'm like yeah. how did I not see that? I was 15 and not looking for that stuff and not, you know, you notice those things as you rewatch films. So I don't want to. Yeah. Supposedly, in the in the beginning of the of the movie, right when the the music starts and the the intro happens, right, and know those clips that go pretty quick, mm-hmm. right. Supposedly, there's a scene there 
where it shows them together, Ethan and Claire. Hmm. Now, I don't know. You can go back and rewatch it. But the scene that made me think that that happened was when she was in the corner. It was right after he met Jim. He found out that Jim was alive. And she was in a corner. And he came up to her. And she grabbed his hand. And she like she, she went like this, right? Like, uh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then she started kissing his hand. Kind of like, she was kind of like, I don't know, she kept getting it on with him. And then it just fades to black. Sure. But the weird part was that if that's when it happened, Ethan did it after he found out that Jim was a traitor. So in a way, it was almost kind of like he was doing it for revenge. You know what I mean? It yeah. was weird. It's kind of, and, I, and I, my thinking could be totally wrong, but it just seemed like, okay, you're doing it after you found out that your mentor, your father figure, in a way, right, just realized that he's a traitor and he, he's, he's tra- he was backstabber, he wanted you dead and all that. And so now you're going to go get revenge on him by... There's a name for it. There's, they call it revenge, you know. So, right. yeah, sure. I, and, I buy it. And it, I it's mean, probably right, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it, and, it was not necessary for the plot of the film, and so I think they probably just cut it out. But it makes you feel like because of that awkwardness that in that scene in particular you point out that it was probably shot, and then they probably were like, "We really don't need this. This doesn't." Probably, yeah, yeah. So that that I understood that more this last time that I watched mm-hmm. it than yeah. any other time. Yeah, otherwise, it just feels like this weird relationship where they have this underlying something and yeah like, why is he on top of her like that why is she so like mousy and like oh uh, with him like it's what is going on like yeah it felt just so out of out of sorts for that it was a very it was like a aj and gracie type of weird moment <laughs> with the animal cracker yeah yeah so but shout instead. out to armageddon <laughs> <laughs> if you ever shout- watched that episode watch that episode yes watch thank it. you Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> our, our inaugural foray into old cinema. Yeah, don't judge the pilot. Too. Don't judge the first pilot. Anyways, yeah. all right. Yeah, so that that was kind of the big thing uh, uh, on my mind regarding that scene that just kind of finally stood out for the first time watching. It's like, okay, Claire and Ethan, did they or did they not? But yeah. I'm thinking they did. Oh, yeah. Weird time when Ethan did it. And, you know, at this point, you know, all hell breaks loose. So. Speaking of, yeah, the the train, the amazing finale train scene. It's great. It's 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 total spy espionage, you know. She's trying to download the list, you know, they they're Luther's trying to cut out the signal and, and distract them and yeah, you know, Ethan's trying to find Jim, doesn't know it's Jim yet. He does know. But uh, he is Jim. Ethan is Jim, right? Yes. Ethan is dressed as Jim. That's right? that's that is the third or fourth mask change by that point. But yes, he's dressed up as Jim. He -hmm. likes to wear lots of masks. It's nothing better than just ripping the mask off like every other scene. (laughs) Yeah, so he was Jim, so yeah. That's That's all spy work is apparently, is just masks. Which I I love that they called out in the new movie that there's like a little tongue in cheek joke about, you know, you guys just like to play dress up, don't you? Yeah. Which by the way, people, Fallout was Nothing short of amazing. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 
You want to go to the, the finale? The yeah. helicopter scene? Yeah. Right. Red light, green light? Red light, green light. <laughs> but lasagna, don't get any Anya. Something like that. Right? <laughs> Such a bad line. Uh, Asta lasagna, don't get any Anya. <laughs> so go ahead. I I'll let you... <laughs> I'll let you kick it off. Uh, it's that scene's better than I remember. The the special effects hold up. Mm -hmm. um, you've do. got a, you know, helicopter chasing the train that has Ethan and Jim on top fighting, which hilarious. Like John Voight's like already like eighty at this point. How is he up yeah. there doing yeah. this um, with his full jumpsuit and all of their awesome? Like, do you just not want a pair of suction things so you can climb up walls? <laughs> yeah. Truth be told, I wouldn't be able to climb up the wall. I would just hang there. Just hang there. Like, yeah. yeah, be very happy <laughs> that I would. Hang. Just pray to God that you don't God, every time I see those, I just want them. And I, I wish I had them just to play around with. But they're on the train. It's a bullet train. <laughs> it's moving so fast that like, you know, they're, they're falling and, you know, going down, you just, you're waiting for somebody to fall off, but it doesn't ever happen, which is amazing. Right. Um, but the copter gets lashed onto the train. I mean, gets pulled into the tunnel. That whole scene's still flawless. Like it, I was looking, you know, you go back and see these older films and special effects and you want to see like, okay, how they tried to do it or like how they make it work. It looks good. It still looks good. The blue screen that they used to, you know, show them in the tunnel, like on with the wind and like, it works. Um, I was actually surprised that it, that held up because at that point I was watching this movie going, my God, it's not as good as I remembered. I, right. I'm having fun still. I know the things that are coming, but got to the train scene. I was like, yes, yeah. this is why you came. Like this is the, oh, yeah. totally. It made yeah. it for everything. It, it brought it back from like, where I was like, oof. I don't know, to like, oh, yes, I loved this part. Like, this is a great action sequence. I don't think there was, there had been a lot of stuff like that, you know? It's just a bullet train, a, a helicopter, you know, guys fighting on top of it. Like, you've got people fighting on top of trains, but it's usually in a Western and, you know, out in the open. And just, this was chaotic and um, kind of kept me, like, in, intense again because I couldn't, you don't remember every, like, punch and hit and what happens. Right. And, um yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I was thoroughly happy happy that uh, I forgot how detailed that was and how good it was. I agree. I, I think that, that finale, the helicopter chase scene with the, the bullet train was, was great. There was one part that I go back and I watch now is right when they're going into the tunnel and you see the helicopter go into the tunnel, right? That's the only part that I was like, uh, but what? Because the tunnel doesn't seem that big, right? The tunnel doesn't seem that big from the when outside. They, when the helicopter goes into yeah, it, too. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, it doesn't seem that big, right? <laughs> but once once you're in the tunnel, you're like, oh, this is a big tunnel. I get it. But it gets bigger as you get in through the yeah, tunnel. Yeah. That, okay, okay, that's fine, whatever. But Small entrance, the, <laughs> deep, deep pockets. Yeah, so as, you, as you're going, uh, yeah. <laughs> the tunnel seemed pretty small, right? Because it was it, it was hooked on by the by the cable to the train, and yeah, and yeah, you go in there. So I was like, oh, okay, right. But then you see the shot in the tunnel. I was like, oh, okay, this is a big tunnel, right? You guys tricked me. Um, and then three helicopters can fit in there. <laughs> yeah, like four, right? It was huge. I get it now. It, it works. Um, but yeah, right when when the 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 professional, I don't know what his name is. Do you know? John Renault. Yeah. John Renault. What's his name in the movie? Uh, irrelevant. 
Oh man, is it like Krishmanov or Kravinsk, uh, no. Kravinsk, or something I'm gonna, like that? I'm gonna look it up just so. Kravinov, Kravinsk, Krieger. Krieger, ah, Krieger. close. Krieger. Okay, so when Krieger is on the helicopter and Tom Cruise is, is on the train, right? And he's like this, and the blade, the, the blades are spinning. And uh, they stop right at his neck because the helicopter hits the top of the roof, right? And all of a sudden stops and the music kicks in like the Mission Impossible. And then Tom Cruise gets, you know, he hulks up like the Hulkster, right? It's like, okay, mm -hmm. it's on, right? Yeah. And then that part is just like, damn, okay. It's pretty short, but it gets you pumped up. The music starts and Tom Cruise is like, I got this. So he jumps on top of the, the, the bottom of the helicopter and, you know, gets this little piece of gum that Amelia gave him. And he says, red light, green light. <laughs> and then, right? And he just kind of... He kind of like half jumps off the copter slash gets blown into the, like, <laughs> yeah, train. So, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In my mind, I'm thinking, this is cool. He should have been blown up. But it's all right, because the force of the explosion just shot him onto yes. the train. Um, and then you see John Boyd just, you know, his body is kind well, of Well, if you know, when he blows up the restaurant, which that tiny piece of gum blew another person, like, there's a waiter in that scene. They like, the explosion's small, but, like, dude who's, like, standing next to it just, like, flies back. So it's a very powerful force gum. Like, it's, yeah. you know, double mint. That's it's, how strong it is. Yeah. What else you got, man? I mean, that's, that's kind of where... I I wrapped up. I I. It's a good. At that point, you had no idea it was going to be sequels. You know, at that back then, there weren't a lot of films that had sequels. Like it wasn't like very this. no, it wasn't very common that just because a movie was made that it was going to get a sequel. You know, it's oh, it's a big budget. It's going to get a sequel. Didn't happen right. a lot. So I think this was. It, it's great as it, it lets it stand alone. It doesn't. You know, you obviously know that they're. Yeah, you know, they live and they mission isn't impossible. They figure it out and whatever. We wait four years for another sequel, but uh, this one stands well on its own. Albeit yeah. cheesy, albeit a little dated now. Um, I still like it. I still like it. It was one of those like I would rent it or catch it again if it's available. I would not buy it and own it yeah. anymore because I just I'm not going to turn it on. I realize why I didn't have it in my library. Uh yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a good, solid entry into the series. Yeah. It's a very solid entry. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It it's, keeps you on your, on your toes. It's kind of confusing, like a lot of spy espionage talking back and forth. So solid, solid movie. I liked it. I recommend it. Not my favorite in the series, but it was a solid first choice. Yeah, it's, it's still good for all its faults and cheesiness and... Um, you know, 15-year-old me didn't care so much about some of the silliness that I, I find in movies now. And so, um, worth the watch again, but definitely lower than I remember on my list of, like, all my favorites. Because I think I would have put this probably in, like, the top three. Now it's, like, it's a little bit lower. Yeah. I, not quite not quite at the M MI2, but, uh, you know, that's, it's, a, yeah, that's the thing. It's, like... That's the worst of them, and that's like trash. And then, like, even if Mission Impossible the original one is better than that, and that's the next best one, it's so far way better than MI2. They're like, yeah. so 
And, and I, you know, I know we bash part two a lot, but I, I think nobody really knew the directions these movies were going to take, right? So I think John Woo kind of put his own spin on it, but it just didn't work. The whole slow motion, the whole doves, the things that he does, and just the motorcycle chasing and, and the number two, and just, just it did not work, and it's not what we want in a Mission Impossible. Yeah. So props to J.J. Abrams who corrected it, and uh, he's still, still kind of upset for Star Wars, but uh, <laughs> anyways. All right. So, so what's our rating system? Uh, we've got uh, costume changes or masks. We could Face do. Masks. We could do Emilio's, if you will. Do I, I, I'm leaning towards Emilio's just because we haven't seen him. I haven't seen him since I don't know. Young Gun. Mighty this movie. Ducks. Um, has he? Has he? Did he do anything after 1996? <laughs> I don't know that he's done a lot. Um, I don't think and he, so. he wasn't really doing a lot then. Like no. it's kind of like. He was, he was, he was a name. 90s, he was Young Guns, both of them. The 90, Mighty Ducks. 92, 93, yeah. The Mighty Ducks Breakfast Club, right? That was uh, like in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, you ever see that, did you ever see that movie, Men at Work? Of course. With Charlie with Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, like it's garbage, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> early 90s as well. Like, yeah, he had like his like nine, you know, late 80s, early 90s, but then he kind of like trails off and. You know, and then you just run into him in LA and you're like, Emilio. Emilio. Okay. I'm going to give I, it, you go first. You go first. What do you, what do you give it? From what, what, how many, what's our scale again? Our scale is a five. A five. Okay. I, okay. I can't, you know, I know I went all out with Armageddon and I went straight up five asteroids. Yeah, I know. But I know. And, it, and you know what? I don't regret it. And I think we should go back and change that. We should just. Change my, change. You can change my four to a five. Is that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to edit change? the video. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's give it Emilio's. Emilio yeah. Estevez. I'm going to give this movie a. I'm going to give it a three. Three yeah. Emilio's. It, it was a solid movie. Not my favorite. Not the best. Um, it kept me intrigued. The finale was great, um, but because. Everything else besides number two has been better, and they keep improving them. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, okay, well, they you've outdone yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And which is great because everything else, like I said, besides two is fantastic. Sure. And so, solid entry, good movie. I recommend it. Um, I would give it three Emilios. Bourbon. I gotta agree with you on this one. Three Emilios. That's where I had it. I thought about uh, doing like two Emilios and a mask, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. Uh, two Emilios and a mask. I'm gonna go with solid three Emilios. It was a two. It definitely was a two for me until the finale, and then yeah. that brought it back for me because, man, I, like you said, I was kind of just like not falling asleep, but just kind of like okay, okay, yeah, this scene, okay, and then that scene, I was like, yes, this is why. This movie was made. This right. is great. This is, you know, this wrapped it up fantastic. The story's just um, just complex enough to make it not some dumb action popcorn flick. Right. And so I appreciate that. And uh, I would recommend it. Like if you haven't seen it because you're just so tired of Tom Cruise or you're used to only watching the new ones and you just never knew, like watch it. Like, right. yes, it's dated. Yes, but see like how spy movies should be like 
the new ones aren't spy movies so much as they're action they're, films. They're now. action. They're, and they're, they're great. Action flicks. Yeah, I love them. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're not so complex any further than most Bond films are, where there's a bad guy, they usually have a nuke or something to take over the world, and, right. you know, they got to stop. So, yeah. I dig it. I liked it. Um, I got nothing else, man. I, that's it. Three Emilios. I would say, uh, you know, let us know what you guys think about Mission Impossible's How Many Emilios. Go back and listen to our uh, inaugural episode and tell us what you thought about Armageddon and how many asteroids that has. And, five. Uh, it's got five. Five. <laughs> how many asteroids it has for listeners, you know, like our parents and our friends and family who are. I don't think my parents would Cheers. ever watch uh, would ever watch uh, Armageddon. But they might watch this, so maybe they'll maybe. get inspired. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Sounds good. Uh, and uh, we may have to just go to The Rock next, man, because I haven't seen it in a while, and it would be fun. But we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on what we're going to do next. And uh, for your consideration, I have been Chris Gagne. And I'm Ronaldo. So. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. Later, Thanks, guys. Everybody.